0: Hello, this is Ben Ashmead and welcome to the King's Place podcast. On this edition, I speak to singer Clara Sanabras, who launches her new album, Scattered Flight, on the 20th of September as part of Folk Union. Guests on the evening range from renowned historian Simon Sharma to the Elysian String Quartet. We met up to discuss the concert. Is is it nerve-wracking, as this is an album launch, this is the first time you're kind of saying, here's this thing that I've been working on for such a long time, do you like it?
1: It's terrifying, you know, and in this day and age there's so much to choose from, you know. It is nerve-wracking, but then if I don't do it, then it's much worse, you know. (laughs) (laughs) You put yourself in these positions of risk and responsibility when you could be sat in your couch at home just watching TV. But what would be the point of that?
0: The songwriting itself, was that a straightforward process for this album? Did you did you write a collection of songs?
1: This is a different project for me because it was thematic in a sense. My previous albums have been very much uh, at a personal level on, on writing them, um, you know, based on experiences or dreams. I, I dream really strange stuff, so <laughs> that's what I based my songs on. And this, through popular demand, um, people kept saying, uh, you must sing in Spanish, which is something I have avoided. I've been in English for most of my adult life. So it was quite sort of a, you know, it seemed like the right moment for it. It was uh, an exercise in introspection and research. And it's basically a combination of arrangements of folk songs that date as far back as some of them, as the 15th century. And then new songs, all sort of woven around the theme of exile, um, but in very, very um, broad terms. Home is where the heart I know not. Home is where the heart is when my heart is I know not. I left it in the shrine of my ancestors.
0: You're singing as you said in different languages on this album. Is that easier or harder?
1: Well I've I've always sort of Whatever I do, I always sing like myself, no matter in what language. People kind of wrestle with the idea of a multilingual album. So it's kind of no different to me singing in, in Catalan than it is singing in English um or you know also incorporating different musical styles into the song because i've i've done a lot of things uh, in my career and i've sort of been um inspired by different things and i think now that in this modern age when we're all we're very well traveled you know it's kind of good to to sort of assume that people know, uh, have been in places. I
0: think that's interesting to pick up on the, the word travel, as um, you, you said the songs are about exile um, the musical instruments I think are, are slightly strange and un, unusual perhaps to a lot of um, lot of our ears and, and so you do more than maybe most albums, you s- seem to go on some kind of journey with this.
1: Yeah um, there's a lot of uh, metaphors and, and images that I've used on it um, and The interesting thing, as I started working on it, is that um, I realized I learned more about Spanish exile in England than I did back home. And that is because of the involvement that British people had, major involvement in the international brigades. And a lot of people know about what happened and sort of a more transparent truth than than perhaps people back home, that, you know, they can't be so partial. So, uh, for instance, I've included a Scottish ballad, Jamie Foyers, which is about a Scottish soldier dying in in a Spanish war uh, of 1812. And so I wanted to... With that I wanted to just make it universal. I hope it's, it can come across, you know, interestingly to the audience. Tanfune mega me voi tan, tan strana. La distanza da mari continue. I tan alta e tan fredda la montagna. Cada sopravolar meus sentimenti. It
0: sounds like ha- how your music perhaps differs to other people in the sense that you're always searching for yourself, I suppose, and you're not writing songs about rose bushes and um, rainbows.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've tried writing songs about rainbows, but <laughs> they don't come out very nice. Um, I suppose, yeah, that uh, because I began, I. You know, when I went I to school, I was in a punk band, and then I studied classically as a pianist, and that kind of, you know, gave me a great skill, but it narrowed my um, horizons in the sense of writing and, you know, putting my own uh, name to to musical works. And then I discovered the writing thing, and I couldn't go back. And so it's, you know, in a way, it's because you know I want. I want to have my own voice I want to at the end of the day I, I like writing song, songs that uh, that move people so I'm not very good at gimmicks <laughs> and you know wacky stuff but if one person comes to m- backstage to tell me that a certain song has reminded them of something that happened to them or that you know brought them to tears then then you know it's fantastic
0: This is a question that I'm sure pops up most interviews I think but it is, I think, quite important, um, influences.
1: Well, early on I was hooked on the Cocteau Twins. They were my favourite band of all times and I wanted to sound like Elizabeth Fraser. Um, and I still do. I, you know, she is perhaps the goddess. Um, so, you know, I believe that because I play these baroque guitars and, and lutes and piano and then the, the songs sound quite sort of um, sort of real, but I also always try and give them a sort of dreamy, element you know that kind of thing that the cocktail twins did so marvelously where they sent you to another world and so that's kind of my sound you know incorporating those two things which initially you could think they won't marry at all but actually i have found that you know they create a a a fresh sound
0: you've touched on this a few times but i think we should delve a little bit more into it tell me a little bit more about some of the more unusual instruments and how you came to possess them and, and learn them
1: well, I was at the Guildhall School um, studying there, um, voice and piano. And then I had the choice of a, another instrument. So the school had a, a lute that they lent me for a year. And I practiced like a mad woman in my um, back back in the flat where I was. And we had a curfew at 11 o'clock, so, you know, I couldn't play the lute anymore after 11 o'clock. And I was just desperate to, you know, sort of unlearn the sort of pianist's um, habits so that I could, you know, become more of a guitarist. And and then um, I got a tour of Japan with a group called The Harp Consort, and um, they needed me to play the baroque guitar, so I got a baroque guitar. And there was no turning back, that was has always been my... Favorite kind of, you know, because I can strum on it, and it's just a really brilliant yeah. sound. And I, you know, if I play amplified, I, I amplify it, and it works in a modern context. And then I play also a little bit of oud, Arabic lute. I did a project with Natasha Atlas a couple of years back, um, where I, I wrote a song for her, and I played the oud. And just little other little instruments like an Indian harmonium that gives a sustained texture. Um, Uh, So, yeah, at one point I had 25 (laughs) instruments hanging in my room, and now I just don't do eBay anymore. ¶¶
0: Outside of your own music, I think you collaborate, as you mentioned, with quite a few people. I was interested in just talking briefly about some of the film work that you've done. And I think it sounds like it kind of feeds back into your own music. Maybe you could explain that.
1: Yeah, recently I was a soloist with the Lord of the Rings in concert, which is a spectacular thing. Um, I never knew that people would go and listen to a live score with the film projected, but it sells out internationally every time and I'm going just after the launch I'm going to Sydney Opera House to do another batch of that and uh, you know that's fantastic uh, score by Howard Shaw Um, you know there's none like it you know, it's just again, it's fantastic at creating worlds and textures, mm. and so you can only be inspired. You know, so and a couple of my songs of Spanish exile. I, I think I think you probably hear a little bit of sort of filmicness mm. um, to them, because you you got to just embrace everything that that you're thrown into. And, and my it's my firm belief. So, for instance, after I did the first Lord of the Rings, I incorporated two of the songs from it into my set that I normally do, you know, self-accompanied, so I sang a, a Nanny Lennox song and uh, the one that Emiliana Torini sings, you know, and just, it's important to mm. say, oh, well, I won't do that because that ma- that's mainstream and I'm trying to be sort of, you know, alternative or vice versa. I think it's, you know, if you make it your own, it speaks to people and those are brilliant songs. So.
0: Let's move on to the concert. First of all, most importantly, I presume you enjoy playing live.
1: Oh, God, yeah. Well, it's the, it's the answer to the world's problems, <laughs> In, and it's you know it's the future, it's what we can still do when no one sells CDs anymore, we can still play live.
0: When you come to King's Place, you're bringing a selection of guests with you, could you tell me a little bit more about those people?
1: Yes, yeah, so um, my special guest will be the Elysian Quartet. Who are a contemporary uh, um, string quartet that uh, mainly focus on improvisation. They're brilliant, very good friends of mine, and I. We did uh, another concert back in May, and it was just thrilling, you know, to hear my songs with them playing. So we we have a few performances together coming up. Then there's a little bit of uh, oud playing in my record, which is not me. I uh, I actually hired an expert. <laughs> which is my friend uh, Atab Haddad, who's a brilliant virtuoso. So he'll be coming. And then Fred Thomas, who's a uh, very, very um, versatile percussionist, uh, pianist and bass player. Too much talent. And then my uh, producer and MD, Harvey Bruff. he's fantastic. He used to have a band called Harvey and the Wallbangers. And so, yeah, it's going to be really exciting.
0: Clara, Son Brass and Friends, the Scattered Flight launch takes place on Friday the 20th of September in Hall 2. I'm Ben Eshmade and you've been listening to a King's Place podcast. For more details about any of these events, please visit kingsplace.co.uk. Tickets for all events start for £9.50 online. Thanks for listening.